Welcome to the news and why it matters. I am Sarah Gonzalez. Happy Monday, gentlemen. Happy Yay. Monday. Uh, we are, no? Yeah. <laughs> I'm not the downer it's today. It's <laughs> We're in a parallel universe. Uh, of course, joined by Glenn Stu and Jason today. Glenn, what's the top story for you? Top story today has to be that we are, uh, we are at a cross point, uh, crossroads today. Today, I think, is going to be remembered spiritually as a very important day. All right, still. have an exciting new bill uh, from Democrats that I'm really excited about and I oh. want everyone to support. Okay. Oh. Yeah. Okay, right. well, that doesn't happen often. Uh, no, it's, I can't think of it ever happening. <laughs> yeah, in this case, I actually do. All right, Jason. Um, when we first started talking about Venezuela, I said to look for these three things, and that will tell you if there's going to be regime change or possibly a coup, and I'm just checking off those boxes, and a big one dropped over the weekend. Mm -hmm. oh, yes, it did. Uh, obviously, a lot to get into there. First, we want to thank our sponsor, Cosmo Hurts Kids. Um, so I was just having a discussion with our friend Graham Allen from mm -hmm. Rant Nation mm -hmm. about just the decline of society and the things that we're allowing our children to watch. Uh, you know, we hand them a smartphone and they have access to all of this Everything. horrible, terrible stuff. Everything. Whereas used to in history, you know, way back when in the old days, we had a, one television in the family room. Right. So you saw any kind of entertainment that your kid mm. was was taking in. Mm -hmm. You knew what it was because it was you knew you knew when Ginger was coming on the screen and, <laughs> and the skipper was not around. You knew all the 12 year old boys were there. <laughs> Yes. Uh, so <laughs> no idea what I'm even talking about. No. Gilligan's but, Island. Uh, oh, right. That one. I that was a favorite of mine when I was growing up. Uh, but seriously, we we have we give our kids access to all of this awful, depraved material, and that's not what we want to be doing. And sometimes we don't even realize that, that it's happening. When you look at Cosmo, Cosmopolitan magazine, they have basically pornography. Uh, all over their magazine, all over the front cover, and we're allowing our children to, to take it in. So um, if you want to learn more about a campaign that's trying to stop that, uh, they want the Cosmopolitan magazine to be uh, one of the magazines that it says states that it's harmful to, to minors. So only the children over the age of 18 can buy it. Well, I guess they're not you're children. Well, you'll try right? until 26. That's right. Uh, that's right. So yeah. the right. So mm -hmm. the children up to age 26, mm -hmm. then the adults mm -hmm. can purchase this. Mm -hmm. uh, so Cosmo Hurts Kids is a campaign to make sure that you know we can let our kids be kids and have adult material stated as adult material. Go to Cosmo Hurts Kids to learn more about this campaign and see how you can help. Glenn. All right. I think today is going to be remembered as a spiritually very important day. Um, uh, today, Ben Sass is putting forth in the Senate a, a, bill, a bill that should be very simple. We talked to, we talked to uh, Ben and said, is there any way this is, can be construed as an anti-abortion, you know, this is a slippery slope thing. He said it is only about those babies who have been born and those who have had a botched abortion and they're born alive what do you do? Can you neglect them and can you kill them? It's a yes or no. Um, and I, I think it's going to pass. They're taking it as, as, as of the time we're, we're taping this show. They have not voted. It's supposed to happen tonight. Um, if, if two things. If the, the bill is voted down in the Senate, I think we are 
we're in deep trouble. I think you're going to see us slide into real turmoil fast uh, because it just shows that our government has, has crossed the Rubicon of evil. If the Democrats um, vote against it, but it does pass, good things perhaps for the country far as we have some time. But if the Democrats vote as a block against this, this is, an, this is evil that we're talking about. You're talking about killing children. And if they vote as a block, I think this is akin to um, the same kind of vote where they took and they said, I denied God three times. Do you remember that? When they're in their convention a few years ago. Mm -hmm. And look how different that party was then to the party of today. It moved rapidly towards dark socialism, death, um, abortion, afterbirth. They moved so rapidly, and that's because they rejected God three times. Now, if they reject life of the most innocent Democrats who are good, decent Democrats, you better hold on because that thing is going to go dark really fast. The fact that we even have to have this vote that, is so insane. That, like, that's, that's what, I you just took the words out of my mouth. That that's exactly that in 2019 that Glenn has to say if this passes or if this doesn't pass. That it, that it's actually even a question as to whether or not this is going to even pass. Right? I, I mean, can see this. I could see terrifying. this easily passing with the Republican support and and every Democrat voting against it. I can easily see that. And I think we all acknowledge there's really no chance of it passing the House. Right? I mean, there's no chance of it passing the House. Well, it will never be brought up. But if it was brought up, it wouldn't pass. Right. But I mean, that, you know, yeah. not, not being brought up is the same as not passing. Yeah. Right. I mean, I mean, the, the Democrats are I mean, the lines are being drawn. And I, I said this probably 15 years ago when I started laying out what I thought the world would be like in the future. And I said, there's going to come a time where it's going to be so obvious to some and you better make sure that you are one of those that it's really obvious. But you're not, they're going to be so far down the track, we're not even going to be able to relate to each other. There's, the divide is going to be so big, we won't be able to reach across and say, come on over here, let's meet in the middle, because there's just this cavern between us. This is the beginning of that cavern. And, and, and quite honestly, I do believe that we are one nation under God. Mm -hmm. I believe that with everything in me. I believe that we made a covenant with, with uh, the Lord under George Washington. If we vote to say no, that, that we don't have to worry about that. Let those babies die. We will not, we will, I think we'll put the final nail in our own coffin of that covenant. Think about, think about what you're asking a doctor to do with this law. So, like, a doctor is supposed to do no harm, is supposed to do whatever they can to save, you know, to, to preserve life. But what you're asking a doctor to do is if the baby comes out and you fail to kill it before, then it's born, it's alive, which it's met all your criteria. It's now viable. It's fighting for life. No longer an abortion question. It's not an abortion question, but you're asking that doctor to just kill it. Just kill it. You're asking the doctor to do harm. You're, you're asking the doctor to either watch it die or to do something to further on its, its death. That's just straight evil. I can't, I can't, that's, Roe v. Wade was so devastating because we've compromised, compromised, compromised. And that's what this, you, when you start compromising on the value of life, this is where you get. 
And this right here will probably be another precedent setter to how far they can push the envelope yeah, even further. Just, that this, would be this, a this is the end of us. This, this, is, this will be the end of the good, decent Americans as we know it. it. Because this isn't a slippery slope. We've gone from still talking about reversing Roe versus Wade or just trying to find a happy medium here in the first trimester right over the cliff. And it's happened overnight. Yeah. It's happened overnight. Also, so, real quick, I want to throw into the conversation, you know, we're talking about um, the, the bill in the yeah. Senate and whether or not it's going to pass. Meanwhile, we've got an abortion movie that's coming out that just got an R rating. So I talked to uh, I talked about this today. I've known that this is happening for about a week and the movie company didn't know what they were going to do because this is this this will hurt or help one of the two will hurt their sales. That's where they originally came off. Um, and they, you know, I knew about it last week because they said, for instance, you know, Mormon audiences are going to have a hard time going to a rated R movie. But this is not a R-rated movie. This, in fact, says everything you need to know about abortion. Stu and I saw this. There are no, there's no language in this. There's no, there's no swear words. Um, there is, um, there's no sex. There's no drugs. Obviously, there's implied sex because she's pregnant, but it doesn't really talk about that. Um, the only thing, and the MPAA said, we are making this a rated R movie because of primarily one scene. Three scenes show an abortion, but the one scene is the one that really has earned it the R rating. And that is a, a woman who is covered here, and then it's the surgical drape, and then a nurse with a surgical drape over the pregnant belly, and a nurse is holding a sonogram thing, and the doctor is on the other side of the curtains. You can only see him from up here, his face and his shoulders, and, and he is suctioning out the baby. Now, you don't, don't concentrate on that. It concentrates on a black and white sonogram image, and you see the baby actually fight to get away from the suction as it's pulled apart in pieces, okay? But it is, it's a black and white, looks like an Etch-a-Sketch. I mean, it's, it's, you're not seeing it. So why would that be rated R? Because if this was about cancer and it showed the surgery and actually showed, let's say it was breast cancer, and actually showed the opening up of the breast and showed the, the meat inside and showed the, the taking out of the tumors, that would be heralded as a breakthrough of medicine. That is nothing to be ashamed of. That's to be celebrated. Why is this rated R? The only reason this is rated R is because it's horrifying. When you see that, you know it's a baby. And they want to make sure that a 15-year-old can go into Planned Parenthood without their, their parents' permission and have an abortion, but no kid should be allowed to come into a movie theater and see an abortion. That's where we are. And uh, to, to extend that point a little bit, the doctor who was on set playing the doctor in the movie was an actual former abortion doctor. Um, to the, so you can tell, I mean... Thousands of them. Giving, uh, yeah, to thousands of them, giving real credence to this is realistic, this is what it really looks like. And, you know, look, I, I, 
I can understand why people are disturbed about it. All that is is you being honest with yourself. Mm-hmm. That's what that feeling is. That's mm-hmm. That feeling is you feeling, oh my gosh, this is a horrible, horrible thing, and you realizing the truth yeah. in that moment. The Nazis would not have wanted Schindler's List to play. Yeah, but if it's not, yeah. but if it's not a life as they are you know, suggesting that it's Correct. not a life or it's obviously not a life worth saving, Correct. why would it be horrifying? Again, just like the Nazis, the Nazis had to convince you Jews were not people. Then, after they said they convinced society of that, they had to convince them that they went to some happy place. They would have never allowed cameras into the concentration camps or done something like Schindler's List and allowed that to be seen because they know the people would have turned against them. They are working against this movie because they know, I'm telling you, you bring your children, you bring any friend, any friend, I don't care how hardcore they are, and just watch that one scene, they have no life in them if it doesn't take their breath away and go, what are we doing? What are we doing? This is wrong. It's the, it's, it's the exact same reason Planned Parenthood doesn't show the mother's the, uh, sonogram. Yep. And they called the shot in the movie. She actually brings that point up. So I guarantee you the people who were watching this were like, oh, yeah. I mean, even if they didn't do it, you know, consciously, uh, it's the same exact principle. They don't want and look at the look at the the, uh, the age limits that, that knocks them out of 13 years old to 18 years old. Yeah. Exactly. They don't want those little girls seeing that. Mm-hmm. You made the point on radio quickly. I know you yeah. said last word, but uh, you made the point quickly. But you're just going to ignore me anyway. Yeah, that's, that's, okay. the, that's pretty much what I was telling you. A yeah. <laughs> um, uh, 15-year-old can go in and get an abortion, and a 17-year-old can't go, or 16-year-old can't go see this movie without parental uh, guidance. Wow. That's, that's insanity. You can actually get the procedure done on you, but you can't go watch a simulation of the procedure. That's telling. Mm. All right, back in a minute. Can't watch CGI. But you can experience it in real life. Oh, yeah, real life is totally All right, so a lot to get into, but first we want to thank our sponsor, Ridiazone. Uh, so, if you are one of many Americans who are looking to lose some weight, uh, maybe the last couple years you've let yourself go a little bit. This is sounding specific again, isn't it? I don't know like, what you're talking about. Right. I have no idea. I have no idea. <laughs> uh, but seriously, weight gain, weight, anything is a big problem here in America. We all know it. Um, I struggled with it myself. And I use Ridizone to maintain. Uh, it's worked for a lot of viewers. They came in and shot testimonials. And they were all like, I can't believe I actually found something that really does work. It's not like laced with caffeine where you get the jitters. Um, It is the good molecule in olive oil that they stick into a capsule and you take it before your meals and it helps make you full. You you don't feel like you're constantly craving ice cream, all that. It reduces your appetite and it boosts your metabolism. So it works for me. It can work for you. Go to ridizone.com right now. You can order a three-pack. That's a three-month supply. Using promo code BLAZE, you get 30% off. We did the math for you. That's like $1.39 a day. There's no reason not to try it. Uh, you know, if you have some weight that you're looking to lose or, like I said, you're just trying to maintain and you're too busy to go to the gym every single day, like me. So go to ridizone.com right now. Get your three-month supply with promo code the Blaze. Stu, you said the Democrats did something. Yeah, I will that say, though, you... that, yes, that I like. Yeah. Um, I will say, though, that the reason I don't go to the gym every day is also because I'm too busy. I just wanted to make that's sure why, you guys knew that. That's why you don't go uh, to the gym. That's why I also don't go. So I <laughs> just wanted to make that clear. Okay, thank you. Yes, the Democrats have a bill I'm very excited about. I think everyone can uh, get, on, get on board with this. Uh, 
it's a uh, what I think is basically a violation of the Constitution, which is um, I don't know this National Emergency Act. Mm. Um, they are going to vote tomorrow uh, to try to stop it, and of course Democrats, because they have absolutely no principles whatsoever, mm. will vote against Donald Trump taking this power. However, they want this power. They want this power more than anything in the world. I, I guarantee, behind closed doors, they are hoping this doesn't work. They have to do a show <laughs> vote to say that, it, but they know Trump's going to veto it anyway, and they're not going to be able to override it. Um, I, uh, you know, the more and more I think of this, and, and I, we've kind of talked about it a lot. I've said from the beginning, I know, I think everyone at this table has said from the beginning, they don't like this idea of the national emergency. But I think it's really deeper than just this, this one particular thing here. I think this is the worst example of a national emergency being used for political purposes in that the, the, you know, the, the Congress just told you you couldn't do this, which is really strange because they really could have had this done for two years when you had a Democratic um, uh, or Republican House and Senate. Um, but this is something where they said specifically, no, you may not use this for this purpose. And I think everybody who is a conservative uh, steps back and says, well, it's a really freaking good purpose and we should have uh, border security and Democrats are idiots for believing that we shouldn't have that. Um, and I think you're right on that. I say the same thing. However, we also have a system in place and the system is completely screwed up. Uh, this is uh, something I believe not only is what Trump is doing um, a, a unconstitutional. I believe that the act itself is unconstitutional, along with the same rules that they've they've implied to give the president the authority over uh, trade. If we all came together and voted, you know what? We don't want the freedom of spree- speech. How would that work out? Will we lose it? No, no it, it comes from God, right? This is a, this is a constitutional right. Now, if you if you amended the constitution to get rid of the freedom of speech, you could do that. However, the Constitution specifically says things uh, like the power of the purse comes from Congress. Uh, Trade authority goes to Congress. You can't write a law that overwhelms the Constitution. We've gone down this road a million times, and they called it something else in another country once, the Enabling Act, where you take, where, where the uh, legislative body says, you know what, I'm enabling this chancellor over here to make all of the decisions for us. And while I don't expect anything close to what happened in that particular case to happen, it's a really bad idea. When Congress has the authority for something that's in the Constitution, we should respect that. And I think the Republican Party would be smart uh, to try right now uh, to go after that authority and try to repeal it all. They won't do it, of course, because they're as spineless as the Democrats are on the other side. Uh, and we keep talking about how Democrats um, have this idea of, well, they're going to you know, they're going to use this and go further. The idea that, in theory, Democrats will someday you, be unconstitutional is not a good argument to be unconstitutional now Mm-mm. because for stuff that we want. We, we have we have possibly possibly what 18 months left in this presidency. Mm-hmm. Now that's if the economy goes to hell in a handbasket. Because if it stays, yeah. if it but stays a good, of what six years? Yeah, maximum yeah, of six now. years, maybe as as little as you know, twenty four months, eighteen, twenty four months. If that's true, you do not want to give these people that power. Look how fast they're traveling to the handbasket of hell. Yeah. I mean, they are just off the rails. You cannot give them the power of the purse to the presidency. Because then the presidency is the power and the Congress is nothing more than a figurehead. And we know specifically that, that the Republicans, including the Trump administration, do not believe what they're doing is, is legal. He doesn't go ask Nancy Pelosi's opinion uh, and permission 
for to get money for his wall because he wants to do it, because he likes it, because it's fun for him to beg at the feet of Nancy Pelosi. He did it because he knew it was the only legal way to get his money. And now afterwards, he's acting as if, well, if I just, uh, if, if I just, I could just grab, I could have just grabbed it this entire time, but I decided not to. It's the same argument Barack Obama made with DACA. He said, I have to have good authority. I have to go to Congress. I have to go to Congress. Oh, Congress said, no, well, I'll do it anyway, because it's really important to me. That's a terrible argument and not the right way to run a civilization. And, uh, you know, now Republicans, all the people that talked about, including people like Ted Cruz and tons on the right, who I respect on many, many issues, are using the same arguments Democrats used about DACA today to do this. And uh, it's a terrible idea. I hope it gets voted down. But I mean, I think the courts, it's going to take the courts to stop it. May I ask you a question? I agree with everything you said, Mm -hmm. except this one thing. Um, the Republicans could have gotten it done. Donald Trump could have gotten it done when they had a Republican House and Senate. Certainly had a better chance. He had a better chance, but I don't think he could have gotten it done. I I really don't. I don't think the people have spoken on the right about this over and over and over and over again for decades, and they never do it. We hire them, and they say, we're the ones that are going to do it, and then they don't do it. In fact, they go the opposite way. So there is no will at all in Congress to do it. So that's where I think people's frustration comes from is, well, we've tried to do it the right way. Well, we did, keep they, trying to do it the right way. They didn't even try it, though, during... I mean, he at least could have tried it when the Republicans were in control and had a chance. Mm-hmm. But the other part of this, and I know you know this, Glenn, just because you want something doesn't mean you get to break all the rules to get it. Yeah, I know. You know, just because, like, if I... You know what I really want is no 16th Amendment. I can't, I can't just void the income tax with an executive order because I would have to go through and amend the Constitution to make that happen. There is a process here for a reason. The founders weren't just brilliant because they had sweet wigs and, you know, and, and like, you know, I, like, and, and English accents, so they made, made them very smart. Sweet wigs, uh, though. Right, but sweet wigs. It wasn't just that. It was because they set up this, this process to slow things like this down. Just because a president thinks it's really important, and I agree with that president. That's what's so hard about this. I fully agree our border is a real problem. But this is not the way to do it. You can't appropriate funds this way. And I do think eventually it will get shot down in the court. And I hope they throw the whole freaking act out. The National Emergency Act, which is really designed for a minor, like a quick thing where he has to act quickly before, you know, the legislation can get together to move something. He is completely uh, overwhelming the spirit of that law. And regardless of that, it's a terrible law in the first place. If Congress says you're supposed to, if, if the Constitution says Congress is supposed to do something, they should have to do it. That's yeah, not, that shouldn't it, be a crazy concept. It was specifically designed so that whatever, if the president wanted to do this, there was basically nothing that could stop him. Um, just, and we've said this before, but it, it'll get voted yet tomorrow in the House. Then it goes to the Senate. Even if it fails both, then the president still will veto just veto it. it. Mm-hmm. Then they'll have to get it two-thirds, which they won't get. Mm-hmm. It's ridiculous. And a good, like, I, I like your point on... Um, even if you really want to do something, if you cannot enable the government to just say, oh, whatever, make things, whatever makes it easier, you know, we'll just write it into law to make us subvert and go around. That's not what the founders wanted. The founders created a system that was so ineffective and stupid, not stupid, but so ineffective and um, it, it wasn't meant to work cohesively and well. Really. It's supposed, there's supposed to, to be a lot of friction. Points. Yeah, it, yeah. It, it, they were supposed to, right. it was this thing that existed in a swamp that yeah. no one wanted to go to, and it just kind of did its thing. Basically, everyone just kind of running into walls <laughs> while we went out and did the things that actually really mattered. Yeah, well, they weren't if, supposed to do anything. And if the you look, the entire through, process was to stop things from getting done. Any any law that actually makes it to where that doesn't work, that actually works well, you can look through and just toss it out because that's not supposed to be in there. Mm. All right, back in a minute. 
Jason, uh, I apologize that we have to save Venezuela for overtime. We've got these two guys mm, here. Yeah, yeah, just like Charlie yeah. Brown's mom, <laughs> and we didn't get to it. But luckily, uh, we do have overtime for those of you who have already subscribed to Blaze TV. Uh, we also carry overtime on the podcast. So make sure that you subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your favorite podcasts and rate us five stars. It helps other people see it. Uh, and then if you have not already subscribed to Blaze TV, make sure to do that so that you can catch. I mean, Venezuela, this is a big deal, right? This is a huge deal what's going on in there right now. And you don't get to find out unless you subscribe to Blaze TV. So use promo code NEWS to get $10 off of your subscription. Uh, and we've got a lot we've got a lot going on. We've got uh, Diane Feinstein. You guys oh see gosh, what she said to those kids? Oh, yes. my I can't God. wait to get into <laughs> it. their own. <laughs> tweeted this weekend about that. I said, this is the night of long run. Up next, enjoy bonus overtime content from the news and why it matters. Available exclusively for podcast listeners and Blaze TV subscribers. Not a subscriber? Start your free trial at blazetv.com. Before we get into uh, Venezuela, I want to thank our sponsor, realestateagentsitrust.com. Uh, so Glenn started the company because he realized that there are a lot of real estate agents out there who say, hey, I'm a real estate agent and I know your area and I'm going to get you the most for your home. And they don't actually know that much because they're what we call dabblers. Right. They just dabble in real estate. Mm -hmm. They maybe dabble in something else. And um, Jason, was it you who were saying that uh, you had a contractor or something, <laughs> right? A contractor for something completely different, and he hands Jason his business card, and he's got his real estate license number on his business card. <laughs> yeah, completely he's like a, a handyman. He's like, oh yeah, I do that on the side. Oh, I'm just handyman <laughs> slash real estate agent <laughs> slash uh, you know a Seven Eleven owner. <laughs> this is a big deal. It's probably the biggest investment that you're ever going to make in your life. Uh, so you want to make sure that you're using someone that you can trust. Glenn's team actually goes through and vets all of these real estate agents for you so that you know that you are working with someone who can get you the most for your money. So if you're in the market right now, go to realestateagentsitrust.com. Let them help you. They've already done the work, so you don't have to. All right, Jason, Venezuela. Oh, my gosh. A lot to unpack from this weekend. It's actually lasting longer than I thought it was. Um, I thought it was going to come down a lot quicker or a coup was going to start up a lot quicker. But when this first came out, I was like, there's a few things you need to watch for. Um, and they call them the, we call them the three M's uh, in the business. Um, first, you need to look for the media. So both sides, whether it's the the opposition or if it's the uh, the regime, they're they're going to want to try and control the media. Mm -hmm. um, that's easy for Venezuela because they already have control of the media. We haven't seen any moves like like I remember when you saw the coup going down in Turkey. When the, the first thing they did was try to go to the offices of CNN or go to the offices of you know the broadcasters and try to shut that down. Um, the second is you, uh, you want to look at the money. Um, both sides will try to secure the money. So we're already seeing a tug of war with Venezuela's money right now. Uh, the Organization of American States and uh, m most of the world, some portions of the EU and, of course, us are doing sanctions. We're trying to shut down where oil revenue is going. Mike Pence was there today um, in Colombia that is announcing additional sanctions under the regime. Um, and but we're also seeing it from the regime side because they have just been getting all of their money the heck out of the country. They're loading it up, literally loading it up on planes and taking it to like <laughs> Moscow and places like that. Um, cash, gold bars, everything. They're getting it out. 
Um, everyone's trying to main, uh, maintain control of the money because they don't want it spent on, yeah. you know, if, if the other side uh, wins or loses. Um, and the last one is the military. So the regime's uh, survival really is, it, it all depends on the military and where their loyalties uh, side. That's why you've seen the interim president pleading with them, saying, we're going to give you amnesty. You know, if you guys um, switch over, we're not going to uh, do anything to you for anything, any other past crimes. That's all forgiven. Just don't follow Maduro anymore. Don't take his orders. Um, so we've been patiently waiting. We've seen a couple of high-powered uh, defections so far. Um, but this weekend, uh, there was uh, some humanitarian, uh, uh, humanitarian aid trucks that were at the borders. And people were so desperate for these humanitarian, uh, for all this like, food and all that stuff that they were jumping the borders. They were saying, forget whoever the guys are holding the guns. They rushed past them and actually got to the... Um, we actually got to the trucks. The regime soldiers had to actually set some of these on fire to keep them. So think about that. They're, they're, these people are starving. They're burning food trucks to keep them from bringing it back across the border. Absolutely insane. In light of all this, uh, the National Guard, police, and military, a lot of them just started finally saying, screw it, defecting across the border to Colombia, going over to uh, the interim president's side, going into Brazil, places like that. Over 200 just this, just this weekend. Um, Marco Rubio has been all over this. He tweeted, I think I have this up here. Um, yeah, so he, he noted, he was noting how uh, a lot of the uh, military is going across the border. And he also said there's now a new leaked document that just came out showing that the, the head of the National Guard was suddenly replaced. I guess this was just in the past few days. Um, but that's a huge deal. That means that he knows, Maduro knows, that his military is starting to slide away from him. So now he's going to start taking out various high-profile people in the, in the, in the uh, military. And these are guys that have had it very cushy. Yeah. Like, they have been cut into every, everything illegal, all the illegal ways that they've been getting their money, um, all the, what they would call legal, but basically it's just stealing money from their people. They've been giving a big cut of that over the past few years. And so this guy, I'm sure, was very well off. So to get rid of this guy, the head of the National Guard, is huge. We're going to start seeing more and more of those uh, start to come out. One of the things that, um, that uh, Bolton, Trump, and a bunch of other people said, our administration has said that if they start, if the Maduro regime starts firing on its citizens and starts uh, you know, doing violent things to stop humanitarian aid going across, that that would open up you know, you know, further you know, things that we might do, whether that's military, whatever. And again, Marco Rubio yesterday said that he was talking to many people. Um, I'll just read the tweet. So after discussions tonight with several regional leaders, it is now clear that the grave crimes committed today by the Maduro regime have opened the door to various potential multilateral actions not on the table just 24 hours ago. Mm. This is escalating very, very fast. Um, they, uh, uh, the Organization of American States and other Latin American countries have called for a U.N. Security Council meeting, which is supposed to go down tomorrow, um, which is a complete waste of time. I mean, that, that is such a waste of time. Just ridiculous. All this stuff is going on, then the, then the people at the UN are going to get together, talk about it, the UN Security Council. You know right away that China and Russia are instantly going to veto any kind of action whatsoever. Yeah. It's dumb. This should just be something that the Organization of American States, the neighbors around that area, deal with internally. Forget it. I am just so sick of the UN saying that, you know, just, a, just the audacity to say, we're, you know, whatever interest they have, they're going to veto something that doesn't affect them at all. Like, why should the citizens of Peru, Brazil, Colombia, the people of Venezuela be beholden to a Russian or Chinese veto? Yeah. It's absolutely stupid. question now is, how far is this willing to go? Are we willing to go towards a military escalation? 
I, I think Trump is. I think he. I think, he, I think he feels really strongly about this. I mean, you've talked about Marco Rubio, who's been you know all over this from the beginning. But I honestly do think I think Trump would do it. I think whether his military advisors, we've heard rumors that you know he actually was like looking at an invasion plan at one point, and he was kind of pushed away from that uh, from some of his advisors. But I mean, I think he legitimately would entertain that. And if it gets really ugly, he'll start getting real support for it too. Well, we also hear that yeah. he you know isn't listening to his advisors right. in some cases. Well, so. I don't know if those advisors are still in the administration. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, I mean, once some he doesn't of, yeah. listen to them, then they mm-hmm. uh, depart. And the people that are surrounding him now are very hawkish on, the, on this type of stuff. You know, like Bolton. Uh, yeah. Or uh, what's the guy that Tlaib was... Uh, Ridiculing the other day, or Omar was ridiculing the other day. I missed the Omar it, tweets. So. It, it also would um, it would give him an opportunity, I think, to bring more awareness to you know this is a socialist country. All of you Americans who are you know talking about socialism this and socialism that. We've got, we're now, you know, our military is going over there yeah. well, because not, that's where this leads. It's not real socialism, Sarah. <laughs> right. I forgot. Yeah, yeah, it's never that. been tried, actually. Uh, this is one <laughs> of the things we I... need more of it <laughs> yeah. to make it work. I sort of mentally Americanize this story, um, which is not the right thing to do because, I mean, I think, you know, you look at this and you say, how can a, how can the Ocasio-Cortezes of the world be rising while this is going on? Mm-hmm. On the news, every night, there is Venezuela falling apart, socialist country. It's because of socialism. And you can say all you want, it's because he just the bad guy. All of them happen to be bad guys. Every single person. I guess it's not a coincidence. Um, but I mean, I understand that. You have to take this to the people of Venezuela, though. Too. I mean, it really is an international story where these are people who are really struggling. You know, who, who, you know, again, I would criticize their choices here, but helped put into power a couple of people who were, you know, socialists who promised all the world and and uh, obviously delivered hell, hell on earth. Um, so, you know, these people are really struggling to even feed themselves. I mean, they're eating dogs. They're eating dogs. This is a real humanitarian crisis. And, uh, you know, I don't know. If I mean, you, you have a better guess than me on this. But I, I don't think they're going to wind up, uh, unless something drastically changes, doing uh, any sort of legitimate, like, uh, large-scale military operation in Venezuela. But, I mean, you know, it's, you know if there's some... I wouldn't be surprised if something happens. I can see a. Uh, I, I agree. I, I don't. I don't see a big, uh, any kind of big operation like that, like an invasion. Uh, I, I could see special forces being yeah. involved to like help open up like a border or mm-hmm. something like that to get food in. I could also see, and this is very very likely, uh, a naval blockade. Um, mm-hmm. But that raises the stakes big time because uh, like our so our sources, the people that we've been talking to, said that there's a Chinese uh, uh, naval vessel there that's uh, standing by with uh, their own. Set of humanitarian aid, mm. um, so I get that it opens up a lot of you know a lot of room for I don't know a, a, a disputed sea between I don't say Russia you know China uh, a blockade would probably also uh, be included with like a no fly type thing so no more like you know shipments of Russian contractors land in the country stuff like that I mean it definitely raises the stakes. But I can see something along those lines choking them off even more while at the same time, say from Colombia or Brazil, opening up through a limited military you know, deployment, uh, uh, you know, a line of humanitarian aid and food and stuff that can get into the country. Yeah. Either way, it's, 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 it's very, very dangerous. Um, and either way, I also think that the Maduro regime is just done. 
this point. Yeah. I, I don't know how long it's going to take. I thought it was going to be over by now. Would have said the same thing about Assad, too. And that That's didn't a great but, point. I mean, it's, you know, you're right. I, I do think the Maduro thing, it does feel like it's coming to an end. And at least in, in Venezuela, there's a public figure who's the opposition. Where in Syria, you just kind of have, oh, there's this group and this group, and we don't know whose side they're on. Like, there's a guy all bad. who's named president. A bunch of people have, yeah, have already... Uh, have already supported him, you know, a bunch of countries have. So it does feel like it's coming to an end, but I did feel this way about Assad at one point, and he's still there. Same. Guy's still chugging. Yeah. And, well, and Stu, you mentioned uh, at the same time that this is happening, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez is out there, and she's able to promote all of these socialist policies, mm. Green New Deal. Um, let's listen to what she had to say about the criticism of her proposal. And I read it, and I was like, you know what? I don't care anymore. I don't care anymore. Oh, it's so brave. Because, again, I'm at least trying, and they're not. So the power is in the person who's trying, regardless of the success. If you're what? trying, <laughs> you've got all the power. You're driving the agenda. You're doing all this stuff. Like, I just introduced Green New Deal two weeks ago, and it's creating all of this conversation. Why? Because no one else has even tried. Because no one else has even tried. So people are like, oh, it's unrealistic. Oh, it's vague. Oh, it doesn't address this little minute thing. And I'm like, you try. <laughs> you do it. Right. Because you're not. Because you're not. So until you do it, I'm the boss. That's How right. about that? You heard it here. Hmm. Okay, a lot to unpack there. But can I just point out... Mm-hmm. Until then, I'm the boss, is what she says. And she tweeted over the weekend about this and said uh, something along the lines of, I'm the one that's in charge, uh, you know, and y- everyone else, you get a view from the cheap seats. Mm. That was a uh, wildly stupid moment of video. Well, <laughs> I don't know if you know this, but if you keep um, repeating something, oh, okay. it actually makes it true. Uh, um, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, you know, first of all, she's the boss to the extent that she can't pass any legislation um, she's already so frustrated over the process. She's been there for like two weeks. <laughs> and, you know, people are addressing it. They just don't address it the way you are, right? Like, I mean, you know, the, I believe that if there is a huge problem with the climate, the market is going to be the most effective to fix that. Uh, that's addressing it, right? Like, just because I'm not passing giant government uh, plans to do it, uh, is, it's just another story. I love that, though, that, that she's the boss. I mean, boss of what? It's like it, uh, the power is to the person who tries without success. Right. Like the like, batter that bats zero no. is, is really, is, are they the boss? Do they go to the Hall of Fame works. at the end of this? How does this work? I mean, again, you'd expect a, a, a participation trophy to be at the top of her list of achievements, <laughs> and it is. Every mi- I like how she said every minute detail. There's nothing minute about getting rid of cars, well, Every airplanes. little detail of eliminating airplanes from your life, a hundred trillion dollars in spending. Oh, it's a minute detail. <laughs> yeah, and I, I don't, I don't think you, I don't think you're bringing. If you really care about climate change, and if you really think you're going to die soon from it, you don't want your spokesman to be this person that is saying, "No worries. In ten years, we're getting rid of, or twelve years, or whatever it was, we're getting rid of cars, airplanes, and rebuilding every structure in the United States." That's stupid. Like, you don't want this lady to be your spokesman. Yeah, like, yeah. I don't see how people are cheering this on. You that's, know who does want them to be their spokesman is the Republicans. That's yeah. what, that's that is what Ocasio Cortez yeah. is, and it's why she's so famous. Yes, she works with the socialists, and the socialists. There's an energy there on the left. The real reason she's on TV every night is because Republicans freaking love her. No, they're scared. Well, they yeah, they, they oh, would have you think right. that they're <laughs> scared of her. Yeah, they would. They would have you think of that. And you know what? That's exactly what I want her to think. I want her to think we are totally scared of her really big spending, you know, crazy socialist ideas and keep proposing them and then keep forcing. Because the one thing I do, I will say, 
One, and people are like, oh, she's great on social media. She's not great on social media. This is her opportunity to talk about something two, two four, 12 hours later when she's re- re- you know, realized how dumb her point was and she has, now has another thing to come back. Like, it's a <laughs> delayed medium. Of course, she looks smart on it. Everyone should look smart on Twitter. Right. You don't have to tweet in the moment. When she's talking in front of you, she looks like an idiot. That's who she is. Her people around her are the ones tweeting. Uh, but like, when you look at like, who, who is this person, the one thing I think she really is, uh, and I will give her legitimate credit for, is she is willing to say you're not socialist enough Democrats. Yeah. You're not socialist enough Democrats. There's been Republicans I've really liked like that occasionally that come, you know, like Justin Amash and yeah. Thomas Massey and Mike Lee who will say, you know what? I know what you're saying here, but that's not constitutional. Um, I, I think that there is a, there's a value there because she's challenging the Democrats to pick one. Be a Democrat. Be, be a socialist. Be someone who actually respects the Constitution or, or, or let, embrace Karl Marx with me. And I, I think that's an important line. I'm glad she's actually hitting that. It, it, well, it is. And uh, actually, I was about to bring this up and you just kind of segued into it quite nicely for oh. me. Uh, Diane Feinstein. She had some children, of course, with their idiot parents dragging them along, you know, to to the Capitol or wherever to, you know, create change. Because who else should we listen to other than eight-year-old children on uh, climate change and what policies to implement? So some children came up to her and tried to discuss this Green New Deal with her. Obviously, they are big Cortez fans, or I should say their parents are. Uh, Watch this interaction. Some scientists have said that we have 12 years to turn this around. Well, it's not going to get turned around in 10 years. What we can do Senator, if this doesn't get turned around in 10 years, you're looking at the faces of the people who are going to be living with these consequences. The government is supposed to be for the people and by the people and Uh, all You know what's interesting about this group is I've been doing this for 30 years. I know what I'm doing. You come in here and you say it has to be my way or the highway. I don't respond to that. I've gotten elected. I just ran. I was elected by almost a million vote plurality. And I know what I'm doing. So, you know, maybe people should listen a little bit. I hear what you're saying, but we're the people who voted you. You're supposed to listen to us. That's your your job. I'm 16, I can't vote. you didn't vote vote for me. (laughs) <laughs> I love it. I actually really like her in this. I, I did, I'm, I'm like, really I'm like a Diane Feinstein fan now. <laughs> no, that's weird. I was just like, oh my gosh, tell them, please. Well, it is a stu- they need to be not incentivized to bring their children up there and parade them around. Well, they, they weaponize kids for the Second Amendment debate, so it just makes sense they'd start weaponizing them for the climate change debate as well now. Mm-hmm. It's just it's so ridiculous. But- Again, the thing most co- closely correlated with stupidity is youth. To borrow from Jonah Goldberg. And it's true. I mean, it's like, look, no kid would be able to go in there and make a coherent argument. It's clear they've, they've just it's talked. The they've people, got, by, by the, the people. people. Like, they've, they've got their four <laughs> lines memorized. I'm surprised, though, how quickly she went to just, like, you, you people don't know what the hell you're talking about <laughs> to a bunch of kids. I mean, she's a real curmudgeon. I didn't realize that about Diana. Well, and it was, I thought it was bold of her when the, the girl said, we voted you in. And she's like, Mm, how old are you? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, you didn't actually vote, sweetheart. Yeah. I loved her in that moment. I, I mean, it's... It is California. She might have voted, actually. That's possible. a good point. But, and I mean, this is an example... And her dead grandma. This is an example of, Stu, kind of what you're talking about, is Cortez is just like, she is picking, she's poking at a hornet's nest of, 
we're going to have a divide here. Yeah, and that's a good thing for us because, yeah. I mean, the, the idea that uh, they're going to fight until, uh, you know, the, the, the Democrats, as Glenn's been putting it, the hip Democrats and the hip replacement Democrats are going to be in this giant civil war is nothing but good for Republicans. Right. Uh, and, I, you know, I don't know that it makes the, you know, the Constitution any, you know, more likely to be followed, but what it does do is make me smile. The, uh, <laughs> the, the Democrats, are, it's, it's, in, it's scary, though. Because, yes, everything that people like Ocasio-Cortez and the, and the far left are saying right now is uh, stupid. Um, but there's no counter to anything what they're saying. It's, it's, except just saying that it's stupid. But the kids that are hearing that we get a bunch of free stuff, you know, and it's mm-hmm. like Christmas Day every 365 days a week. Mm-hmm. That all sounds great to kids. Yeah. So they're all, yeah. But right now, what do the Democrats stand for? Like the actual Democrat Party right now. They don't have an identity, really, right? And just well, expand government. Yeah, they, right. And they've ran on identity politics, yep. but like with no real plan on how to like fix any issues. The only people with actually offering concrete plans are the radical leftists. Yeah, they're trying to. And they're threatening Ocasio's to give point. them an identity. Yeah. Yeah. That's a that's a Casio Cortez's point. At least I'm. Tr- I mean, she's not speaking to everyone there. I think she's speaking to the Democrats yeah. mainly and saying, "I look, I at least proposing something. Where are you?" Right. And, you know, she has a, f- a fair point there. They, they try to slip stuff. I mean, she's not smart enough to realize they're slipping this stuff into all sorts of different legislation. But, I mean, you know, the fact that she's taking these bold stances, she's correct in, in feeling the, um, the, the hip replacement Democrats mm-hmm. are not jumping on board with big smiles because they've been around too long and they understand that there's negative consequences to this. And Ocasio-Cortez is too dumb to care. Uh, All right. The poll from Friday. Do you think the ISIS brides should be permitted to return to the U.S.? Ninety five percent of you said no. Two percent of you were just wrong and said yes. And three percent of you were unsure. I just want to know. I hope I hope that this is a result of a retweet and not like one of our viewers who's watching right now was like, yes, I think it's a good idea. You're more and more of a dictator on these questions. Now you want to accept one percent voting against you. I'm not I'm not okay with it on this particular question. I'm not I think they should come. That's I think treasonous. they should, I think they should be celebrated as heroes. That's what I think. There you go. You're off the show. Okay. okay. <laughs> yes, really? <laughs> Today's poll, do you think Trump's declaration of a national emergency over border security is constitutional? This is where 97% get to say they didn't like my original segment today. So this is uh, but also, you know, all the people that were listening to that segment and swearing my name, you get to go to the internet and now vote and say I was wrong. So go to The Blaze's Twitter. That is at The Blaze. Uh, I don't want them to let you know that you're wrong on this particular issue, but i like for you to be wrong. Okay, good. <laughs> so I'm very conflicted here. All right, so go to The Blaze's Twitter. That is it for us. We'll see you guys tomorrow. Until then, I'm the boss. <laughs> All right, we're getting out of here. That's uh, Thanks for listening to the news and why it matters. We hope you enjoyed the podcast. If you'd like to watch the program, become a Blaze TV subscriber and start your free trial now at blazetv.com.